You are now tuned in to the True Say Podcast, unpacking age-old questions and concepts we reflexively ignore. In this podcast, we're going to revisit topics to help make the critical connections you may have overlooked. Think Quentin Tarantino meets 60 Minutes, where we start at the end and finish at the beginning. Except, in this podcast, we only need 43. I am your host, True Say. Join me as I provide you with a modern perspective. Let's get started. Actually, before we unpack today's topic, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank my sponsors at Bean Bundle, Canada's newest coffee subscription. It's been great. Ever since I stumbled on this service, I've been able to put my mocha pot to good use with beans they sent me from legitimate roasters across the country. Bean Bundle makes it so easy for people like me who are trying to find their particular roast but don't know where to start. The process is super quick. Just visit beanbundle.com, choose the amount of coffee you want on a monthly basis, medium roast, dark roast, whatever your flavor, and they ship you different beans from their latest roster of roasters on a monthly basis. Best part about being from the sixth side is if you live in Canada, they ship to you absolutely free. And if you sign up using code TRUESAY25, you'll save 25% off your subscription. Now, if you've been rocking with the True Save podcast, listen for your cue to get your hot brew provided by Bean Bundle ready, and let's get into it. What if? Think about it. What freaking if? How many times that has that question crossed your mind? What if I, you know, took that leap of faith? What if I decided to change course? What if I'm making the wrong decision? You know, What if I'm making the right decision? How many what ifs have crossed your mind that you think about or allow to fester or grow? And how many what ifs do you have in your life where you don't even know if it's worthwhile to kind of spend time thinking it through any further? I mean, welcome to the 29th edition of the True Say podcast. Honestly, I had a topic in mind and I was doing some research and I was like, what if I just wing it and boom, here we are at the what if edition of the True Say podcast, because I don't even think it's worthwhile to try and unpack a question, but I'm thinking about trying something a bit different to get you just to think about questions, you know, and it's literally this edition is going to be dedicated to a bunch of what if scenarios that are played out, I think, in everybody's lives, right? Like, what if you decided not to pursue uh, a job for the purposes of, you know, paying bills, providing yourself a shelter, giving yourself an opportunity to eat? <laughs> you know, what if you just pursued your passion for 100% of the time? What if you did everything you could do to pursue your passion? Right. And I think this was stimulated by a conversation I had with Mrs. Trusa the other day where we were we're talking about, you know, pursuits that are outside of our our traditional nine to five job, whether it be podcasting, writing, acting, creating a YouTube. There's so many things that you're like, what if I just take a chance and spend majority of my time doing this? Will I be fulfilled? And I was having, you know, I feel like I'm jumping around, but there's, there's a there's a a reasoning to my madness is a a rhyme to it all so just bear with me but i had another good conversation 
as well with a good friend of mine talking about, you know, not like an existential crisis, but what are we doing with our time, right? And we were kind of going back and forth about, you know, what if all we're doing is simply trying to exist and spend time providing value to the world up until we reach our ultimate demise, you know, very morbid, very bleak. And I was like, no, you know, I don't really think that's it. What if it's that we're actually just trying to find a sweet spot? And what I mean by a sweet spot is a, a, a comfort level, right? Where what you're doing is essentially spending your time, hopefully productively, but you're also allowing yourself to have the freedom to take your mind away from the monotony or routinization of your day-to-day and thinking about how you can actively leave your mark in whatever form that is, whether through having an impression on your loved ones, you know, growing a family, creating a great piece of literature, delivering the 29th edition of the Tuesday podcast, writing a book. You know, there's a variety of different forms this impression can take. And then the sweet spot is about being able to, once again, level set and know whether or not you're spending too much time being quote unquote productive or working and not enough time just creating or being who you want to be in the world and you know just expressing yourself in whatever form that takes and then we kind of had this funny enough we usually agreed and i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing that we always agree or we kind of always you know pat each other on the back and we don't typically have much contention in our arguments which is is good and bad i mean because we typically have a good conversation but we don't usually have too much differing opinions which i sometimes wonder if it stifles our growth but anyways i digress we were talking about the difference between being burdened by your occupation whatever that means and if it makes more sense to change what you do on a day-to-day basis to be a bit less you know all-consuming right if you're doing something that you love then it shouldn't feel like you're working, right? And then it shouldn't feel, the time won't feel as burdensome. It'll fly by regardless, but the point is you'll enjoy it while it's happening. Whereas many of us are spending time, you know, in these pretty, what's the word, set schedules where from this beginning time to this ending time, you are essentially providing a service or working somewhere, doing something, right? Now, what if what you're doing although it pays you, although it gives you an ability to kind of lead a life, isn't what you're supposed to be doing. What if what you're doing is wrong? What you thought it was supposed to be isn't it, and now you're questioning it, right? Now, many of us don't even have the luxury of questioning what we're doing. Many of us don't even have the luxury to change what we're doing. You're pretty much stuck. I mean, the way life works is you follow a particular trajectory you as we've talked about many a times and i'm gonna get back into it and then when you end up you don't really have much opportunity to pivot and change unless you have like a safety net right so for the vast majority of us the what if question kind of falls on deaf ears because you're here now ta-da this is it but what if it wasn't you know what if everything you've been told and taught and led to believe isn't exactly it what if you're in control What if the main thing holding you back is you? All you needed to do was ask that question. All you needed to do was make that overture. And the blocks or barriers or challenges you thought that were actually preventing you from doing something you wanted to do would just fall at your feet. They'd be dismantled. Now, don't get me wrong. There's probably been many times where each of us have asked that question. 
or made a request or begged for something and not and not received it right and then what did that do that left you with the impression that you can't challenge the status quo you're led to believe that if you ask for different things and what's already being provided you're most likely going to get hit with a no a rejection but what if that never transpired now there's the corollary of that is if you've been said yes to your entire life the minute you you hear no you wouldn't know how to navigate and deal with it because you wouldn't build resilience but for many of us you've heard no so many times that you're like you know what? i'm not going to question things anymore I'm going to accept things for what they are and continue on. But what if you didn't? What if today you decided I am no longer going to just simply fall in line with the way my life is currently being operated? I am going to pursue a life that I want to lead. I'm going to ask for that color of ice cream or that flavor of ice cream. Sorry, I've never had it before. Because... Traditionally, I always get chocolate, but today I'm going to get that mint chocolate. You know, I don't I don't know if I like it and I might not like it. But what if I really do? What if it's my new favorite ice cream? And I know this is a pretty, pretty low stakes type question, but that's the point I'm trying to make. Why is it that it's so challenging to go against your behavior or your routine? But when it comes to things that are important, you don't realize that that same inability to choose a different flavor of ice cream, that same inability to go away from your favorite meal, is the same kind of crutch that prevents you from making that different choice that can impact the way you live your life or the life score you have, your happiness. Think about how many adventures are out there awaiting us only if you decide to take that leap of faith. Think about how much the responsibilities that we crave and seek out and search for ultimately end up allowing us to turn more inwards and become so confined by them that we don't even try to get anything more. You know that, that old adage like you, the thing, the life you live right now is the life you currently were praying for before and now your, your tastes have changed, your wants and your desires have increased. But you know, five years ago when you weren't even in the position you are now, this is what you were praying for. And now you've achieved it. And it's like, boom, it's, no, it's not as desirable anymore. So what if you consistently allowed that to compel you to keep on moving forward? And strategically and, you know, thoughtfully, you were able to allow yourself to continually move forward and not be hampered by the naysayers, not be hampered by that hypocrite or that critic on your shoulder, that inner voice who's telling you that, oh, you know, it probably doesn't make more sense, make any sense to rock the boat right now because it's just not the right time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to tell you how to go and take that leap of faith off a cliff and, and, and make a mistake and start, you know, disturbing settled waters. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But just imagine there's so many things that you've decided to go to not pursue or so, so many different risks you decided not to take simply because you just don't realize or not you decided not to take that risk simply because you're afraid that's it you're afraid of the outcome or you assumed you already knew the outcome and there's no reason to try and take that risk because regardless i won't end up better at the at the end of it when i come out the other side 
And there's so many people who have shown us differently. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a number of people who have shown us why it's not worth risking. It's not worth really infatuating yourself with this what if paradigm I'm throwing out there. You know, it could lead to more challenges than it could lead to good. There's so many people who show you that, you know, I took that chance. I followed my dream and I fell flat on my face. Yeah, but what if they didn't? Would life have been better for them? I don't know. And it's so crazy because I talked about it in one of my previous editions where we were talking about that one um, book, The Unbearable Lightness of Being. And that author mentioned that, you know, you only have one life to live. This isn't, you don't get to audition or practice run. So you don't really get the opportunity to play it back and relive it. So you should live life to the fullest. And it's like, even knowing that whole seize a day, what if we actually lived that adage or that adage? What if we actually lived out that sentiment and seize the day? Now, I know I'm sounding super philosophical and I'm getting really, you know, out there or esoteric, whatever word you want to use. But I think it's really important we start thinking about what if, you know, how much more could we actually get out of life if we weren't so consumed by the typical monotony of just surviving? You know, what if we were actually living life? How many of us get to do that? Now we get to do it in pockets of time. We get to, we get an hour, we get a 30 minutes here and there. We get a laugh and a chuckle there. But is your mind typically consumed with all the responsibilities and burdens that come with your day-to-day more so than you're actually thinking about how you can evolve and, and improve and change and grow? How often do you even get the chance to think about that? How often do you get to think about what you want to think about, right? I feel like the majority of our time is dedicated to thinking about problems or challenges or questions that are being posed to us by uh, the powers that be, an employer, a structure, a system that you've been forced into, a system that you are now confined to because the minute you get integrated, it becomes almost impossible to more or less de-assimilate or remove yourself from it. So what if we lived in a system where you could kind of insert and exit at your own convenience? You were in control. You're self-autonomous. There was nothing governing when and when you didn't have to be in the system. What if we were in a world where whatever you decided to do had the utmost gravitas, whereas your decisions and your choices were the only things that mattered? Now, I know it's a slippery slope. Don't get me wrong, because obviously there are some folks who will abuse this. There are some folks who will not have good and all good natured thinking. But excluding them from the equation and thinking about those who have well-intentioned thoughts and those who are thinking about bettering society. Imagine if they weren't stifled by the, by the barriers or the blockades that society has put in place in order to keep that distinction between folks who can and folks who can't. Like, I mean, just what if the Phoenix Suns won the NBA Finals, right? (laughs) What if the Montreal Canadiens won the NHL Stanley Cup? There's so many, what, 
How, what is the corollary of all these things? What would have happened if these events came to pass? What if that job you decided not to apply for was the job that was going to actually change your life forever? What if that move you didn't decide to make would have been the move that would have opened up greener pastures for your great future? Imagine if you were able to see the outcome of your decision and decide whether or not to make it. Would it be worth knowing? No. Because, I mean, that would take away the purpose. But what would be really interesting now is if we were afforded the luxury, or not even the luxury, the right to be able to make those decisions at no consequence. To be able to take a chance, a leap of faith, and see it through. Now, I'm talking about, I guess you can say, a very utopic type of lifestyle where in this utopia, you're afforded all free reign over your life. You're afforded the free ability to pick and choose what you want to be, who you want to be, how you want to be, etc. But more and more, we're living in a world that's so conservative that that just freaks people out. The less I can categorize you, the less I can scope your thinking down, the more of a variable you are, the more unknowns and risks you pose to the system. And nobody wants to shake the boat. Nobody wants to upset the system. But the system doesn't work. It works for some, but it doesn't work for majority. And only the small few who are you know, living great lives are the ones who are controlling the system. The vast majority of the people in the system, it's not working or benefiting. But yet we still believe in it. Yet we still fall in line with it. What if we didn't? What if we were actively in control and revolutionized the system to better suit the needs of the masses and not stick to just the people who control it and have all the power? It makes no sense that it's there's, everyone will say there's power in numbers, but yet it doesn't feel that way. How are there so many powerless people, but there's powers in numbers? Why is it that you are able to cast a vote in a democracy where you feel empowered to do something, but your vote is meaningless when the actual policies and the statutes and the bylaws that are imposed completely er eradicate your ability to make any type of change in your life? You, you, you hear all this about, you know, leadership from the bottom or I don't lead you, I serve you or it's my job to make your job easier. All this crap. The psychology of it is so powerful because we buy into it without even knowing it. We allow it to continually lead and move our, our decisions, control our decision making, control how we actually go about conducting ourselves. It's mind boggling. There's so much, you know, empty words spewed at us from all areas, all arenas, all stakeholders, whatever you want to call it, telling you about this and how important that is and how it can change your life if you just do this and how I'm here to serve you and your vote matters and there's power in numbers and you can make a change and anything is possible. And don't get me wrong, the Hunger Games shows you every year there's a a champion is a victor of course if there's no victor if there's not one person to show you that i took that leap of faith i was the person who followed through on my what if you lose all hope granted 
So there has to be some people it works for, but not all. Because the system falls apart if everybody gets to achieve their dream. Isn't that a crazy sentiment when you think about it? If everybody was supposed to be successful, who's going to be the unsuccessful people to make the successful people feel great about themselves? There has to be that dichotomy. That's the system we live in. There has to be that distinction. There has to be the powerful and the powerless, or else the power would not exist. There has to be the top and there has to be the bottom. There has to be the rich and there has to be the poor. There has to be the strong and there has to be the These antonyms go on at, in perpetuity. And like that's the nature of the word antonym, these opposites in English. The system is built on having this dichotomy, like I mentioned, this, these two distinct parallels. They're opposite, but non-equal. They're mirroring of each other, but the images on one side is very skewed. And it's unbelievable how generation to generation, we can advance our technology so exponentially. A decade ago, electric cars were a, a pipe dream. Now they're becoming ubiquitous. In the next decade, apparently all combustion engines are going to be completely eliminated. Everything will be electric. Look how fast we can advance from uh, uh, horses and, and carriages all the way to vehicles in, in less than, who knows, a few generations. Maybe not even like, like a century, I don't think. We've moved from having, we've moved from using combustion to battery power cars, from horses and carriages to drones that can deliver your food and self-driving cars. Come on, look at all the great advances we can make when it comes to the technology. But society is still grappling with the same challenges it's grappled with since the beginning of time. People who look different are treated differently. People who talk differently are looked upon away. People who want to choose different types of relationships are treated as if they're 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 subhuman it's it's ridiculous that we're living in a society in 2021 that you are only able to make a choice once and if you get it wrong that finite resource time will have been gone and your opportunities and your ability to pivot and try something new is more or less extinguished and that is the one caveat i am willing to uh, concede. We are living on a finite resource, which is time. Time is probably the most finite and valuable resource we have because you cannot replenish it. I get it. So your choices have to be dictated based on the time you're, you're making them, the time it will take to execute it, etc. But there should be more safety nets. There should be more ability for you to explore these what-ifs in your life. Now, I can I can reasonably assume that majority of what-ifs can't be explored simply because people are, you know, challenged with the idea of if I give you that much freedom in your thinking, well, how far will that behavior extend, right? And that's always a fear because there are examples of people who just go too far, and I get that. But there's always a lot of examples of people who won't go too far. Now, I'm not the one going to come in and pretend that I have the criteria 
to determine who should be afforded this luxury and who shouldn't be. But I don't know if it should be a luxury is my point. I don't I, I'm trying to figure out what if I was able to challenge thinking more often, how much further would you know thinking have be able to grow? How much better would the organizations that we support or work for or believe in be able to execute their missions and objectives? And then if we flip the script now and think about those who aren't necessarily trying to execute any missions or objectives in an infrastructure like a like a business, how about those people that are always leading you to believe that their life is better than yours by way of social media, for instance? What if we didn't buy into that? Right? What if we didn't allow ourselves to be consumed with these, uh, you know, our compatriots online who keep on projecting this facade that all they do is have fun 24-7, spend money 24-7, and live a party celebrity lifestyle? Even celebrities don't have that much time to spend their money. Honestly, they spend a lot of their time preparing for their movies, their their award shows, their performances, etc. Why is it that so many people who actually have it don't show it off, but those who don't have it do show it off? And what if we didn't believe them? What if we didn't give them our attention? What if we didn't take the time to watch their stories, like their images, give them this false sense of praise and envy? What then? What would they what would push them? What would help them? What would motivate them to continue on day to day doing what they do? You know, it's just it's tiresome, honestly. It's so tiresome being told one thing and being led to believe one thing when there's so much more to it out there. There's so many there's so much more that we should have access to. We as a as a as a commoner, <laughs> you know, the minstrels, <laughs> kidding. The people who are just you know, living our our lives the right way, doing what we need to do in order to survive, um, performing a function in society, people who are not trying to paint some false picture of what our lives really are. You know, the genuine folk. That's a good capture. What about the genuine folk? What kind of structures are in place to help us, you know, pursue what we want to do? Now, granted, picking back up on that whole social media example, yes, you can technically create whatever life you want for yourself on social media. You can curate a story and present yourself as something you're not, and people will buy it. But what if they don't? What if we all just stopped buying into the fake stuff and only started paying attention to what was real, what's not doctored? What if we lived in a world where natural beauty was what was actually glorified and looked about and, and pedestalized? When did it become a time that the more plastic, the more fake you are, the more praised you are? What if we lived in the world where actual talent got promoted for what it really is? Actual, actually talented people were given the prestige and the claim to fame that they are warranted, that they've merited by, by way of having their talented, sharpened and refined and is now on full display for our viewership. What if we lived in the world where that was it? Where people who had God-given abilities, people who had been bestowed 
with these blessings were the ones that were treated as if they were unique. Not these people who are going out and buying these bodies or people who are creating these fake stories and fake lives and people who are going on YouTube and telling you all these lies leading you to believe that, oh, they're living this life or they're doing this thing or they can go here and you can't. What if we just stop buying into all of that? But no, we won't. Because the only escape we have is other people providing you these false, these falsities, these falsified, completely made up, fabricated lives. That's our only escape. To believe that we are not capable or we are not allowed or afforded that, that right to that lifestyle. These people are because they decided to go and, I don't know, take a chance. They decided to buck the trend. Or they were afforded the safety net that you weren't. And because they had that safety net, they were able to do these things. If you had the safety net now, you could have done them too. But too bad, so sad. Hmm. Sucks to be you, I guess. And, you know, that's just what I'm trying to figure out my damn self. Why does so much of what we, you know, routinely believe follow these trends, follow this line of thinking that's been forced upon us? You know, like even that example. Yes, you know, there are people who are afforded some privilege. There are people who feel entitled to things and then they... they you know, bear it into existence or they, they will it so. Or, you know, there's just, like I was saying about that whole idea about there's being this, this line of thinking, right? That certain things happen to certain people. Even that to me can be problematic that, you know, the only people who are afforded that ability to explore their what ifs are those who have safety nets or the only people who are afforded to explore their what ifs are those that have privilege and, and, and luxuries that aren't afforded to the uh, the, the the mass of the population or the vast population and that's just not right i shouldn't i shouldn't think that the only way to be able to explore my what if is if i have something to catch me a contingency plan in place or a number of backups you know whether that be family money wealth job opportunities connections network all that jazz if i don't have those things there's no point in even taking a risk because I'm now risking my nest egg. The one viable option to keep me afloat, I will be jeopardizing it by taking this leap of faith. So there's no point in me making that leap. Anything. It could be something as simple as, you know, deciding that you want to be a race car driver. Right? But when you think about that, there's one particular image that comes into mind. But what if you're a woman who wants to be a national race car driver? Right. Like there's, there's so many things that we hold ourselves back from doing and I'm just tired of it. I don't know why we do it. I don't well, I do know why we do it, but I don't know why it is that society has to make it that way. Why do they have to pigeonhole us into doing one thing? And why is it when we we explore something and we get to a certain point in our lives and then we realize, oh, this isn't exactly what I thought it would be. It's hard to double back. And try again. Like failure, trying again making a wrong decision, these are like the most taboo things you can do. Trying again? What? So you mean the first thing you tried didn't work out and now you're trying again? Whoa, sucks for you. Or you tried something and it failed? Oh man, like, oh, poor, poor, poor you. 
I would not want to be in your shoes. Or you want to do something different? Huh? But that's not what we all do. Why are you trying to be different? Yet, when people do something different, prove successful, it becomes a new wave. Everybody wants to do it. It's like, why didn't we think of this before? Everybody who tries to break the trend is always looked upon with disdain. And the minute it begins to catch steam and shows promise and, and, and it spreads and scales, it's now the newest, hottest thing and everybody's jumping on it. Documenting your life and letting everybody know what you're up to 24-7, taking pictures of your food, um, showcasing how much plastic surgery you've gotten, talking about how you're you're not natural, or talking about how all the food, all the clothes you buy, you buy discounted through this particular scheme or process. All these things would have been completely balked at. Why are you telling people this? Why are you showing these aspects of your life off at, for free? Why are you opening up your life to the the potential criticism or even viewership of people like strangers, people you don't know. Now it's the thing to do. So why doesn't that behavior extend to all facets of our life? Why isn't it now that when you say, you know what, this vocation that I've decided to explore is not what I want to do anymore. It's not what I thought it would be. Now I decided and I have this question percolating that a, I've decided I want to explore something else. And B, the question is, what if I were to do that? How can I go about doing it? There are all these stop gaps that prevent you from going down that road. Everything is just about, okay, well, unless you're able to make it so, you know, if you don't have these, like we mentioned before, the criteria to help support you in that change, that's it. That's it. But there's so many people now who are doing things that don't even make any sense. You have Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson who are literally exploring the outer boundaries of the atmosphere. To what end? Absolutely nothing. They're literally going on the biggest peacock show on the planet. They're using their money simply to go and just fly a phallic object all the way up into the end of the atmosphere and then float back down to Earth. But what if they were to use that money to actually better the lives of their employees? What if Jeff Bezos was going to allow people working in the factories that are literally the foundation of his whole retail operation? What if he cared about them? And gave them a living wage and gave them the benefits and sick days and time off that would be necessary to avoid the spread of an of a infectious disease or a communicable disease. Same thing could be said for Richard Branson, billionaire. What they're trying to do is simply have them use their money to for nonsense just to say they're the first to do this. Now, don't get me wrong. I guess it'll go down in history, but... Is that more paramount to you already being a billionaire? Aren't you going to go down in history for being a billionaire? Are you that desperate to leave your, not even your mark on the world, but to have some type of, what would you call it, label next to your name on your tombstone? Haven't you done enough for yourself thus far? Isn't it about now extending your arm to help other people explore their what-ifs, achieve their dreams, See greener pastures, does that not give you does that not make you feel alive and give you zest or a zeal? No. Instead you think to yourself, what I'm going to do today 
is I'm going to spend billions on money, or not billions, but millions of dollars to have researchers and scientists dedicate their time and energy to having me be able to go and travel to space. Who, <laughs> how many people on the planet do you know have even had the ability to go and travel Earth? Have had the luxury of being able to go to every continent, see all the different cultures, eat the different cuisines, experience the world from different vantage points. Who's looking for space travel? We haven't even, what if we lived in a world where people actually thought about the things that matter? Like allowing other folks to, you know, be, be, be securely housed or have food. Why, why is there a need now for space tourism? What if the people who were at, you know, spending money on these nonsensical ideas were actually putting their money into things that matter? Like, if my boy said to me best, if I came to you and said, I am tired of Earth, I have no more desire to see any more things on the planet Earth, I'm now interested in leaving the planet and simply going out into the outer reaches of the atmosphere, uh, you know, leaving the, the ozone, whatever you want to call it, and going into space. That's what I'm going to spend my money and time doing. He said, you know, slap him in the face. And, and the same thing goes for me. If I came to you and told you that, you know, my what if is basically, what if I was able to go to the outer boundaries of earth and, and look at the, the, the mass of land and the, the planet that's, you know, majority covered in water just to say I did it. That's what I, that's what I want to dedicate my life to. Please step on my big toe because I must be dreaming or I must be going through some type of uh, out of body experience. I'm just not thinking right. I need you to snap me back to reality because I highly doubt Bezos and Richard Branson have even traveled to every country in the world. I highly doubt they've been to every single country, spoken to at least one native person from that country and had a, a picture taken. But no. They're more in inclined to want to spend their money just to say they did something that nobody cares about. But they're given that luxury because they're wealthy. That's the problem. When you're not wealthy, when you don't have enough power, you're not able to explore the outer reaches of your dreams. You're not, ex you're not able to envision anything that doesn't fall into this paradigm that society has put upon you. You're given up until a certain age to dream. Then reality hits for the vast majority of us. Once you hit that certain age, if you're one of the lucky people who, who doesn't have a safety net and doesn't have these luxuries, maybe you're really lucky and you're able to see your dream to fruition because you just, you know, by the simply sheer luck, you were able to get an opportunity. You were able to be put in front of the right person. You were able to, I don't know, make the right decision at the right time. And boom, bang, boom, here you are where you need to be living out your dream. But for the for the bulk of us, that's just not the case. You get a chance to, you get up to an age and in that chance you get to see, hopefully in your inner circle, in your network, kind of a few different life courses you can take and then you have to make a decision. Uh, for some of us, you can make that decision later some you have to make it sooner. And some of us, you do even get to pivot subtly, subtly at uh, a juncture after you've made your first decision. But for the vast majority of us, you make one choice, you see it through, and that's it. Then life takes hold 
and continues to drag you down that life course or lead you along that path. There's no more divergence. But when you're Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, you get to a point where you've amassed so much wealth, so much sovereignty over your time that you can explore all those what if I did this or what if I tried that or what would happen if I wanted to do that. And it's like, okay, yes, you've probably pushed the, the realms of society a bit further in terms of what technology is capable of doing now. Yeah, now space tourism might become a thing in the near future in the next decade or so. But wouldn't it be so challenging if you, a true stater, were to see in the next 10 years that, yes, now individuals who have enough expendable income can now essentially go and buy a ticket to go into, to like, you know, out the atmosphere or stratosphere, whatever sphere you want to say, and they can see the outer reaches of Earth without having a NAS, without having a PhD in astrophysics or aeronautics in here. Now you can do things that that, that space that uh, astronauts do, right? But you're still grappling with racism and um, misogyny and anti-indigenous racism and um, subjugation and terrorism. These are still things that are happening. But yes, we have space travel now. Wouldn't you feel th that should make you feel a little bit disturbed, right? I'm not saying that all progress needs to be stifled because it's one area of our world is still hampered and suffering exponentially. But I think it's about time we seen that the system that is crippling our ability to grow, the system that is so rigid and stiff needs to be loosened up. There are enough of us now. There are there's power numbers, right? There are enough of us now that need to begin to take hold of our own lives, take hold of the future, and bring about a generation that isn't burdened, isn't confined by this archaic way of thinking. I think it's upon all of us, as I wrap up, because I realize I've been rambling for 43 minutes about this what if, but I think it's really key and upon all of us to see this vision through. And I don't want to you know, put words in your mouth or coerce you into thinking that my viewpoint is the only viewpoint. But I think it's very important that everyone take it upon themselves to think about these what ifs. What if you were able to do what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it? Now, well-intentioned, of course. And I'm thinking about this in terms of producing something or putting out good into the world in the way you feel it best. What if you weren't confined to the restrictive nature of the system that we've been forced to live and forced to operate within? And that's all I'm trying to really get at. So I know I, I spoke to a, a variety of different examples and I posed a number of what if questions. But at the end of the day, none of that matters. All that matters is what did you take from this edition? I hope it was something that you enjoyed. I hope I got you thinking. And as always, I'll see you here same time. Same place next week. Peace.